How's it going, everyone? Joe Marino here, along with Luke Buckley for Season 6, Episode 1, the season premiere of the Charging Buffalo Podcast. Good to be back after a couple-week hiatus here, but... You know, we're glad to be back. Luke, how you doing today? I'm doing good. As a matter of fact, we, we come down here into our studio, right? Uh, the, 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 paint, the, the papers that said paint on them are gone, by the way. I just noticed that. And, oh, it's been painted down there. I knew it looked cleaner in here. But we come in, and even, even more so than usual, the studio is in a complete state of disrepair. There's a water bottle here. Uh, there's suddenly a schedule with people's names on it that we don't know about. Uh, out there excuse me but let's remember who put this studio on the map am i right yes it's, it is called the charging buffalo podcast studio for right. a reason now it's 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 your boys right here who are talking to you through the internet okay uh, i mean we put our sticker on the glass yes. it's our studio cupcake okay thank you very much we have stuff written on our wall on our wallpaper what is it a whiteboard behind yes we us? have a whiteboard what is this what we have a this? whiteboard they wrote on our whiteboard and they did not erase it when they left yep Completely just, you know, crapping all over our legacy that we've uh, cultivated over the years. And uh, you know what? Somebody's going to listen to this when we're done recording. You know, they're going to open up our file and not realize that we're joking. And <laughs> they're going to think we're just... Yes, this, is a, this is a shared space. This is it is. A semi-shared space. It is, but, uh, you know, remember we'll put you on the map. Okay, mm -hmm. okay, just We remember. created this, for yes. God's sake. Yep, yep. But anyways, you're six of this. Um, if... You have been listening for, I guarantee most of you haven't been here since the beginning, but if you have been here since the beginning when this podcast was called uh, Cautiously Optimistic on yes. the Buffalo Sports Network that no longer exists for good reason, <laughs> uh, shout out to you. Uh, we appreciate your constant support. Uh, us, we have been very busy as of late. Uh you know, the post-college life, uh, trying to find jobs, not liking those jobs, and or finding not. other jobs. Exactly, right, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's been, it's been tough, but we're going we're gonna to be back to once a week you know, for the Charging Buffalo podcast from here on out. As if Joe and mine's lives have not followed the exact same patterns already, we had the exact same experiences this summer with finding jobs, not liking them, and leaving them. Not liking them is putting it nicely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna go into detail, but no, yeah. But it's just wow, what a um, what 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 a process that we've been through. You just um, gotta trust the process. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Buffalo Bills two and one, big win over the football team. I went to the so. game yesterday. It was a blast. Uh, I brought a little grill. I tailgated a little bit. I saw made that some hot in your dogs. Story. Probably some of the best hot dogs I've ever made. Nice, nice. at home, not at Ted's. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I. You know, I haven't disclosed a lot of personal information <laughs> yeah. on this podcast, but now that I no longer work there, this isn't the job that I alluded yeah. to before. This was mm -hmm. years ago at this point. But I used to be a manager at Ted's Hot Dogs, and I can cook a mean hot dog. So if his... you ever need to hire someone for your family barbecues, my DMs are open. He had his golden pin and everything I on did. his hat. I, you know his what? I, when I left... Todd's my last day. I gave that pin to uh, one of my employees, and I said, you deserve this. There you go. You were you given your, your medals by the field marshal. <laughs> and then she lost it. I mm. So, you know, mm. the past is the past. It's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, well, you know what? Seemingly, two people, two parties that are not abiding by that code of past is the past ethos 
are <laughs> the former captain of the Buffalo Sabres, Jack Eichel. That's a that's a great uh, segue right into the you. thick of things. Thank you. Uh, and the Buffalo Sabres, who the situation has gotten even uglier. Well, it's times like these where I wonder what things would be like if Jason Botterill was still the GM of the Sabres right now, how he would always say, oh, you know, it's a situation where this, this, and that. Yeah. This is certainly well, you know what, what you get, would call a situation. I'll get the episodic mention out of the way here. It makes you wonder, what if Tim Murray was still a general manager? How would, what would, what would, would we be in this situation right now? What That's would GMTM do? I, you know what? We've beaten this dead horse over and over. Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about the inevitable Eichel trade before anyone else, anyone really. We've been we talking about this were. for over a year and a half now, knowing that this day was coming. On, not hate comments, but people arguing on Twitter. What do you mean? He's going to be here for life. Well, remember, oh, excuse me, I just hit the microphone, but the video that you made, the uh, clip of yeah. the podcast where we were talking Darn about it like video. a year and a half ago where you made the analogy, okay, you come to work every day, you hate your job, you hate your teammates, mm-hmm. you hate the people you work for, but he loves Buffalo. He loves the city this, so darn much. This misconception, not I won't, I won't call it a misconception, but the... The notion mm-hmm. that Jack Eichel loves Buffalo, he's never going to leave. Mm-hmm. Why would he want to leave? Everything has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this the other day. You go back seven, eight years ago, however long it's been, to the tank. And the people who were against the tank, they said, oh, what if he gets injured? What if they're still bad? What if they can't put a team around him? Literally every single thing that they would have said has come true now. Mm-hmm. Every single thing. They even got the injury part. It's unbelievable. And the fact that when did the, when did he hurt his neck? We're talking like March. March or something. April, March yeah. or April. Yeah. It's this is still unresolved. You all know what's funny is that um I have a friend who doesn't even watch hockey. Okay? They're from Canada. They live in Canada. And one of their friends retweeted a story like a ja- about Jack Eichel, a headline that we stripped in the cabin scenes off. And she texted me asking, what's going on with Jack Eichel? <laughs> Isn't that kind of funny? Like, it's- Yeah, one of my friends who <laughs> yeah. he's just starting to get into hockey. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be a Kraken fan. Mm. Because why would you be a Sabres fan right now when mm-hmm. you're just starting to get into hockey? He asked me what's going on with Jack Eichel. What what's the thing wow. here? And I sent him like several paragraphs and he's mm-hmm. like, What is this? Why is this happening? Why don't they just let him get the surgery? It doesn't yeah. really make much sense to me still. The fact that one, he hasn't been traded yet, but it, it, he's not gonna get traded until this surgery is figured out. And Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick just put out a new episode of Thirty Two Thoughts Podcast. I listened right before we came in. Elliot believes he they need to release the medical records to these teams ASAP because who's going to trade for him if they don't know the full story? And the, the Sabres aren't going to get the value that they set on him, which is the value of what a healthy Jack Eichel looks like. Mm-hmm. These teams need to see what the situation is, really, because yeah. to the full extent that they know right now, unless there's tampering going on, is... His neck is banged up. He needs surgery. He wants this surgery. The Sabres don't want him to get this surgery. Well, what I have thought about recently is that 
yes, the Sabres, they will have to trade Jack because, you know, they haven't done well by him, of course. this We could see his coming even before the injury happened. But I also don't think while you have a neck injury, that's the best time to come out and say, well, trade me, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think, of course, and I've said this before, crapping on the team is the easy way out, okay? Yes, it's the easy thing to do. But at the same time, I mean, what what do you want the team to do when you have a player that requested this trade? Um, we don't even know if he has requested a trade, well, but it's agents, very obvious what the that agent he wants said, out. His old agent said, though, pretty much gives it away. Yeah, that we they thought, thought that a trade there would be, be a trade. On. So I'm yes. counting that as in, yes, there there's a discussion. Clearly, there's a trade going on. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, the, the old analogy, so to speak. Uh you know, and I just don't get – wouldn't you have to see this coming, though, if you're a pro athlete, mm-hmm. that a team is going to do their due diligence even if you have uh, a broken neck? I'm classifying it as broken neck. <laughs> I don't know, man. This I'm going to say right now we're not going to be talking about this every single week. <laughs> yeah, There's I nothing much There's to nothing say at this much point to say. unless there are significant developments – in this storyline, I I don't want to be wasting any more breath talking about no. Jack Eichel's neck in a trade that's not going to happen anytime soon. Exactly. Because one, unless, until we know that he's getting a surgery, which he will, he has to. He's not going to be able to play just off of rest because that's what's been happening for the past seven, eight months now when nothing has been happening. He needs a surgery. We know that. It's a matter of which surgery and who's going to budge first. And from what I can tell, the Buffalo Sabres, Kevin Adams, and the team doctors are not going to be budging on this. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people say Eichel has no leverage in this situation. I don't think that's true. I don't think Jack Eichel is ever going to will ever lace up his skates and put on that gorgeous royal blue and gold uniform ever again. I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's too uh, fractured at this point. Well, yeah. And also, I think the last episode, we, I brought up the point that maybe he gets a surgery and then returns at the Olympics. At this mm-hmm. point, that's probably not going to happen either. No. He's going to miss the Olympics. At this point, we're probably talking a best-case scenario, he's returning around playoff time. Yeah. I, well, we, we said that too <clears> on the, the – well, one of our topics on the previous show was – Will he come back if uh, Vegas trades for him and then he can the play in the playoffs? Type right, the Kucherov type scenario. deal. So uh, it's disappointing. I mean, waiting so long for Olympic hockey to really be back, the pros to be back there, and anticipating, well, you know, the U.S. will go in with, with Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, and Dylan Patrick Larkin. Kane, those and, are your top three centers. Yeah, and so Jack that Hughes likely won't be happening anymore. Uh, so it's disheartening from that standpoint as well, um, just if you're an international hockey uh, fan mm-hmm. too. So, uh, well, you got to think about that. it from this part of it too. Jack Eichel will probably never get to play in the Olympics again. Mm-hmm. Who knows if they're going to go to the Olympics again in four years? Mm-hmm. Who knows if he's going to be healthy enough to play again in four years? He, what is he going to be like? Twenty nine? I mean, it's not. He's not going to be old by any means by the next Olympics, but who knows what's going to happen. This was his best shot mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. playing. Right. So, 
Yeah, it's disappointing from that um, perspective. But like you said earlier, you know, there's there's no end in sight to this. So there's no point in, I mean, whatever podcast you listen to, all you hear about is the neck injury, the, the, the scenario with Jack situation with the Sabres, what's going on there. And, uh, I mean, we have nothing new to tell you. Just it's more, the same stuff, just, just more worded different. Yeah. yeah. You know what I, I thought of this? They they always said that, like, World War One will be over by Christmas. That's what this feels like. <laughs> it's like, you know, we th- we remember, I mean, we were talking, will a trade happen by the draft? Will a trade happen by training camp? Well, my, my thinking no. was, if it didn't happen by the draft, it was going to carry into the season. I remember tweeting that out shortly after the draft. I think I said, like, each passing day, I'm starting to think Eichel's going to go into training camp with the Sabres. Mm-hmm. And I got lambasted for it. Mm. Absolutely lambasted for it. Like, you don't, like, you got to think in, in real life terms here, not hypothetical NHL video game scenarios. Like, things don't happen that quick. I hate hearing the term that things change every day in the National Hockey League. Yeah, things can change no, with no, a phone call. No, they, like, they don't really. It's, it's, it's real life. You know, like, uh, things don't change every day, as they say. So, um, it's not believing those cliches. And, I mean, this is just what happens when you have a great player. And, um, I mean, it's not like football where when Peyton Manning had the neck injury, they could just release him. Yeah. And he could sign somewhere else. contracts are guaranteed in the NHL. Right. right. And another thing here now, once they – he's going to have to start to get paid. They're going to have to pay him. Mm-hmm. And are they going to suspend him without pay because they can't figure this out? Now, maybe that can be a catalyst for him to settle for the spinal fusion. What, what point does he go to the league and say, I want to file a medical grievance? Mm-hmm. Which I can't believe that hasn't happened yet. You would have thought that happened in like June mm-hmm. before the draft. Right. And I, I think that's – I didn't listen to the show, but I had read the description and I think – that might have been one of the things that Elliot Friedman brought up. In he didn't mention them bringing up a grievance, but he did they brought say up getting the league involved. Yeah, right? possibly getting the league involved, the league stepping in and saying like, "Hey, release the medical records so you can trade mm-hmm. this guy to a team that will let him get the surgery." Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, he also mentioned something about this going into court, mm-hmm. which that could get very ugly. Yeah, but part of me wonders. Has he not filed a grievance because he knows that the, the NHL is going to have the Sabres back? Because this is in the CBA. The, it's in black That's and right. white. The Sabres have the final say over Jack Eichel's body, essentially. And as ridiculous as it sounds, Can he That's sue the, the case. league then? I don't know. Maybe he... <laughs> See, we're thinking... We're getting really yeah. minute here. But, I mean, no, this this could... This is like this a is case ugly. of the century type of thing. I mean, this... I mean, this theoretically... This could change how, like, the future for players' rights and even within their players' union. I can't right? like, believe. What happens when the—I know they just signed yeah. a new CBA. Mm-hmm. But what happens when the next CBA comes up? Does this get brought up? Oh, absolutely. I can't believe they agreed to this. No. I know there's a million things in the CBA, and they're probably just like, okay, sign it. But this— Well, that's just proof that these things never happen. And it's, yeah. it's a very unique uh, situation. Well, they were probably just thinking, hey, this— what are the odds that a team's not going to let mm-hmm. someone get the surgery they want? Mm. I just think like the league has to be involved in some way. If you're yeah, Gary, well, Batman, they had that meeting in Buffalo mm-hmm. a month or so ago, right? And nothing changed. But like, 
if if you're Gary Bettman though, wouldn't you think like this is one of the biggest stories right now that you have to have your your cronies on top of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Like, I mean, Elliot has a pretty good grasp of what's going on. He knew that they were going to strip him of the captaincy, which we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But I wonder if he knows that the next step here is releasing the medical records. But why haven't the Sabres released the medical records? Because the rumor was that they were only showing it to the teams that got really close, which I don't have any knowledge to think that any team really did get that close to acquiring Jack Eichel. I think I I was watching Chris Johnston's new podcast, and he said that no team really got anywhere close to striking a deal. So I assume not many, if any, teams have seen these medical records. So what are the Sabres worried that teams seeing these records are going to ruin a potential trade because is this worse than where we think it is that that needs that has to be it is jack eichel's career over (laughs) this is this is it's ugly now i think this is going to get a lot uglier it 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 is it is i I, now now like just thinking about the potential of it going to court and stuff i mean uh i can you imagine terry pagula getting locked up (laughs) yeah that but like can you imagine the the state of mind that Jack must be in right now? How angry he must be! Yeah, every that, day must just yeah. be hell for him. Not knowing when you're gonna play again, if you're gonna play again. Training camp is going on, right? For every year of your life since you were five years old or something, you're probably going to camps right now. At least since college, I mean, the last seven years of his life, he's been going to professional training camp, right? He'd mm-hmm. be playing probably the first preseason game tomorrow. And to have that taken away from you all with this a, is, with a, this with a is buffalo winter. so petty. Yeah. This is the, it's the only word that I can describe it. It's petty. I don't understand. And the Sabres this... don't want him anymore. Neither side here wants each other. Mm-hmm. They don't. This is like a divorce. Mm-hmm. It's literally a divorce. They're in court. They're trying to figure out who's going to get the dog. Did, I think I said yeah, uh, that, was that, the, that was yeah. my thing one time. This yeah, was the um... Curtis Lazar trade. That's right. Yeah, no, it was about that. Oh, geez. Well, this is like... This is know. like a purebred... This is a thorough... $10,000 dog. German Shepherd. Uh, direct descendant of a wolf. Uh, but husky. This is... I don't understand. Neither side want... The Sabres don't want Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel doesn't want to be on the Sabres anymore. Why don't they just let him get the surgery? Why do you care so much? Are they really that worried that this surgery is going to ruin this guy's career? Because that's the only logical reasoning behind this. Because if the disc replacement doesn't work, the next step is the surgery the Sabres want. It makes zero sense. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor. But I don't know. I don't get it. I I just do not understand. This should be done by now. This should have been done months and months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean I don't really have anything else to offer on it. Whatever happens, happens. Do you care about a trade return at this point? I really don't. I I think I'm I in don't. that court too. Uh, Matt Kopnek on Twitter definitely give him a follow. Uh, he brought up a good point probably like a week or, or so ago. He said that the Sabers turning it around isn't going to be contingent on the return they get for mm-hmm. Jack Eichel. I mm-hmm. think. What you're looking at now, it's going to be the next two drafts. Mm -hmm. This draft, the last draft, and the next two drafts. 
that's going to be contingent on their success, mm-hmm. how well they draft over the next two years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how these previous two draft classes turned out, and the young players that are already on the team that Jason Botterill and company drafted. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully they get a good impact player out of it, someone who, yeah, I don't know, maybe a second-line player, a good winger, maybe a defenseman, a couple draft picks. And it sounds like people have brought up the idea that conditional picks are going to be very important in making this Jack Eichel trade, probably contingent on will he play this X amount of games? Will he play in this percentage of playoff games? Will this team go to the Western Conference Finals? Will he score this many points next year? Stuff like that, like second-round picks that can turn into first-round picks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, it'd be nice if they could get that a-level prospect that we were all hoping for. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, I was dreaming about getting the third overall pick, Max Comtois, and yes, a couple other pieces. That's, That's not, not happening. happening. That's, That's not happening far anymore. from the case now. It's not going to get to that Because they're going to be trading him without him getting back on the ice mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And there's so much uncertainty. If you put You're your... trading an unknown commodity at yeah. this point. Yeah. You're getting you're getting prospects and picks mm-hmm. and cap dumps. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Just I don't know. Just finish this at this point. It yeah. sucks. I I I want them to get a good return. It'd be great, but at this point, it seems like it's uh, false hope that mm-hmm. they're gonna get a really good return. And you know what? I really don't care. I just want this to end. Yeah. There's things to look forward to in the future. And that seems to be the general theme yeah. of uh, training camp going on. I think there was there was the scrimmage yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right? We'll talk Sunday. about that in a little um, bit. Yeah, I, I, so. Did you watch? No. I did. No. Well, I, I'll talk I, a little the bit about only it. hockey <laughs> I've watched this summer was five minutes of the third period of the Bruins prospect game against the Sabres. And that's all. I've mm-hmm. completely checked out. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah. You lost your love for the game. Yeah, I think um, I have. Okay, one more thing on Eichel before we move on here into training camp stuff. What did you think of them publicly stripping him of the captaincy? I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's not like they, they probably talked about it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, they said that Jack knew. Yeah. So what? I mean, you're going to have to address it anyway, or else the monkey in the room is going to be who's the captain. It's just going to linger. Well, if you think about it, it's people are making Eichel, out to be. Real Eichel's scandalous. not going to be playing again. He's yeah. not going to be playing for the Sabers again. You're you weren't going to have a captain on the ice either way. Mm-hmm. He still could have, in theory, been your captain. Right. But what worries me is is this going to lower his trade value any further? I don't think you, so. You know how hockey people are. Right. But I don't think. I'm thinking like. It, would Brian Burke care? Yeah, probably not. Right. Like, would a GM, like, care? That's what I'm thinking. Well, they know what the situation is like, They do. Too. They do. And they know what the Sabres yeah, are Remember like. when Ryan O'Reilly was a bad leader, this, mm-hmm. this, and that, and look at him now. Exactly. They're going to look at it and say, well, it's Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Any, you know, anybody can yeah, be trade negotiations, it might not be like that, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, there's not going to be a captain this year. Kevin Adams said that in his press conference. But to wrap up my point, though— I think saying, you know, they publicly stripped him of it. Like, that's it was, like it was inevitable though. Yeah, they didn't hang him in the village square and burn <laughs> him. 
You know, like it, it wasn't anything like that. It's just they weren't going to have a captain this year anyways. Right. Even if they didn't publicly say it, he wasn't the captain anymore. He mm-hmm. wasn't going to play for them again. Right. Uh, yeah, Eichel stripped of the captaincy. There's not going to be a captain this year, according to Kevin Adams. They want to see how this plays out. But who do you think will have the C on his chest in 2022-2023? This might sound <clears throat> far-fetched, but I think Dylan Cousins. I I was going to say the same thing. Okay, good. Because I think uh, his <clears throat> demeanor, perhaps he's expecting it. Uh, with the whole I texted or Casey texted me or I texted Casey saying we got to get one of those and we were watching Tampa lift the cup. I think uh, wishful thinking. He is certainly auditioning for it. It almost seems like. Is that uh, player playing on the team yet, though? That's my question. Are they going to bring in like a Brian Gianta type mm, through free agency next mm-hmm. year, something like that? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Well, but yeah, I think Cousins is definitely the betting favorite to yeah. get it right. Maybe Darlene is an outside candidate, middle stat too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But I honestly couldn't care less about who's wearing the C right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're rebuilding. We'll see what happens. It's just a symbol. It, yeah. It, I don't really care. <laughs> I think it'll be Cousins, though. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he he's definitely got the tools to be a good yes. captain. He's definitely a leader. And it's not just because he dropped the gloves a couple of times. I feel like he, he, he he's trying to be the Josh Allen of yeah. the Sabres. Right? You know, I, I, oh, gee, I want to be here. I want to grow with these guys around me. Very that type of theme in his press conferences. Good so, for him. Good for him. I'm, I'm not complaining, mm-hmm. right? I'm just saying that's You know that's there's nothing I, I can't stand more than Sabres, Josh Allen comparisons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whenever they draft someone that people don't like. Oh, God, yep. Or well, someone, like who, a thing. someone who has big hands, like yeah. Matias Samuelson. <laughs> big hands, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, uh this was... Something that hung over for a little bit. He signed a three-year, $6 million bridge deal. Uh, do you think this was a mistake to sign him to a bridge deal and not a long-term extension? See, I, I know because I I don't think so, okay? He's getting his money. It's still three years, and I think he's still under team Yeah, he'll be an RFA at right? the end. But it's Will very he be much, arbitration eligible? I'm not sure. but It's very much like the Reinhardt situation, though, is it not? Mm-hmm. I think that's where most of the trepidation from folks is coming from, is that they think, oh, great, here we go. It's another Reinhardt deal again, and in six years, he's going to be playing for, uh, I don't know who will be. Detroit. Who, he'll be playing for Detroit, the new hot up-and-coming team that loves Swedish defensemen. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. But I think that's where a lot of the trepidation comes from. I like to be more positive about this and think, well, they'll learn from that. Right? Surely they will. Mm-hmm. Surely they'll As long learn. as they don't give them a one- or two-year deal at the end of this, they're fine. Surely the Buffalo Sabres will learn from their past mistakes. Well, Kevin <laughs> Adams said he doesn't want to look at the past in yeah. his press conference, if I can recall. But. I Yeah, I think that, I mean, you know, we always bring up who's going to be getting the money like on this team, right? There probably won't they gotta be— they got to pay someone. they got to pay someone. Even three years down the line, there will probably be still one more big contract to give out, and that well, can still go to Rasmus. Three years from now, if you they, could have if, some top prospects. If that's they bring right, in yeah. Owen Power at the end of the season, it just takes one game. He it just takes him to play one game to burn that year. Then both of them will be needing contracts at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. If Darlene becomes the number one, true number one elite franchise defenseman that they drafted him for, you're probably paying him $10, $11 million. It'll be a Chara and Wade Redden situation, mm-hmm. like the Senators In power, <laughs> you know, three years from now, defensemen or top-pairing defensemen are getting like $10 million right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's getting the money, and that's probably why the Sabres weren't comfortable paying him on a long-term deal because that's probably what he was asking for, $10 million. Well, one thing Power will probably if they're signing both these guys long term, they might be paying twenty million dollars mm-hmm. for two defensemen. That's a lot. One thing I found, and we're going to touch on the promotions in a little while, but they they sent out that graphic of the promotion nights and little pictures of what they're giving away. And I understand those might be uh, little mock up designs, subject change, mm-hmm. right? But Darlene was the featured player on the the fridge schedules, the the magnetic yeah, schedules. I, I, remember I that. noticed that. So th- he's the new face of the franchise. I mean it wasn't gonna be Zemgus Gergensons. No, it could have been it could have been Dylan Cousins though. Could've so they, they clearly covet Rasmus Dahlin. As they should. What they should really do here is market this next generation, right? You have Casey Middlestat, you have a plethora of defensemen who are gonna be coming up. Uh, you have Rasmus Dahlin already on the team. You have a couple of young goaltenders who are coming up. A few. Yeah. Why not promote those guys and, you know, get that, that kind of uh, grassroots support? Chapter. The next chapter. They I did that before. They did that before. The Penguins with the, uh, the, the X generation, as they called it, or whatever, mm. in 2004 with Ramsey Zabid and uh, <laughs> Angelo Esposito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. Maybe they, they they should try doing that. Get get people excited. I think that's I'm a next that's a next here, that's a next year thing. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll talk about it in a little bit. We'll talk about. It. I just want to make sure I don't lose. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But I think next year's team is gonna be. I don't know what the youngest team in NHL history is, but I they'll be putting in a run for that team's money. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna have a crazy young team next year. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on to the prospects challenge. I. I apologize this is a little dated but we haven't had much time to record but i want to touch on this a little bit you said you watched like five minutes of yes it. i went to the devil's game i didn't get a chance to watch the bruins game i listened in a little bit but uh there were some standouts uh brett murray i know brett murray brett was a murray deal. looked really good as he should i've been he a brett was, murray fan for some yes, years now have. um <laughs> He's 23. He was drafted in 2016, so like he was probably one of, if not the oldest prospects at the Prospect Challenge. Uh, no one could move him from the front of the net. He scored a couple of goals. I think he scored. He scored in the Devils game. I think he scored again in the Bruins game. But he was a force out there. Uh, you're bringing up his picture right now on our monitor. Wearing number 57. Uh, how could you do Tyler Myers dirty like that? I don't know. But if we were simulcasting this live, you know, like they do on ESPN with their radio shows, this would be the picture that'll be on the screen right no, now. Maybe that's in the works. Yeah, we'll see. maybe. We'll I see. hope. But um, yeah, Murray looked pretty good. I think he's a dark horse to make this team out of camp. The odds are against them because they brought in a couple of veteran players. They re-signed Drake Kajula. They. they Gergensons will be back. Um, Vinny Hinestroza. Vinny Hinestroza, who he scored in the blue and gold scrimmage yesterday. Uh, I think he scored. Am I wrong? Maybe scored in the shootout. I'm pretty sure he scored, though. Um, who? I apologize. Vinny Hinestroza. Oh. Uh, who got the shootout winner? Cousins scored. Okay. Cousins scored. Middlestat scored. They were just going on and on. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone necessarily oh, won the okay. shootout. Okay. But 
yeah, Murray looked pretty good. I thought J.J. Paterka looked fantastic. I thought he was the best guy on the ice in the Devils game, from what I remember. He's got a lot of speed. He's strong on the puck. Um, I like J.J. Paterka a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Matias Samuelson was really, really good. He got injured. He blocked a shot. He's out week to week, unfortunately for him, so that might affect his chances of making the Sabres out of training camp. But I thought he was one of the better players on the ice. Uh, I, I, I like It's cliche, but, yeah, he's big. He's huge. He was one of the biggest guys out there. I think I saw that Brandon Davidson mm-hmm. put a big hit on Paterka. Is that true? I don't. I don't remember. I I think. Uh, I, I I think it was actually a Charge Buffalo Twitter. I have push notifications on for it. I believe it was tweeted on there. And if that's the case, why would you ever let that happen? Why would you let Brandon Davidson go after a kid who could possibly play a couple games for you this year? I think. I mean, put him on the team right away. Why not? Paterka's. I think he's okay though. I don't think he got. No, I know, but you know, it's just but... it sucks that. Uh, I don't know if that's a trying to do a welcome to the, welcome to the NHL show, kind of moment, yeah. but um, I think, you know, you should tell your players, don't go after the young guys like that, okay? I mean, especially with Brandon Davidson. They were definitely taking it easy, though. They, they weren't really laying hits. It was a pretty relaxed game. Yeah, again, I haven't even seen the clip. It's just hearing about it made me mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Samuelson looked really good. I think his skating has really improved a lot, too. And I will be the first to admit, I was not the biggest Matias Samuelson fan in any way, shape, or form, but I think he's going to be a very key part of the construction of this team going forward. Because you look at, I know I don't want to sound like a suburban hockey dad here, but you need big, strong defensemen that lay the body. And I think he's going to be a good guy to put on your third pair. And he's going to be important on the penalty kill leadership, too. He captain of Team USA at the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. He's going to be important. He's going to be on that third pair. I like his development track. I think he showed a little more offensive upside in Rochester last year, and I thought he fared pretty well in his cup of coffee with Buffalo, especially considering he's playing Rasmus versus the line and on the first pair. So he's playing in over his head, too. So... Hopefully he heals up. I think we'll get into training camp battles in a little bit, but hopefully he comes back and is able to play in a couple preseason games. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do think um, I agree with you there. I think we destigmatize the suburban hockey dad. You know, it's like <laughs> there are some points at the suburban hockey. Dad yeah, they do have some good points. The Sabers can't have a bunch of smallish defensemen that skate really can't well. Have a bunch that, of children. Yeah, you got to have some physicality on the mm. team. I do agree with that. But uh, some more impressive players. I thought Jack Quinn was really did well considering he is not a center and they put him in at center. I don't want – I know people got mad that he was playing center. Like, it's a good – it's a prospect's term. And why not try it? He, it seems like they're going to try and go forward with this, give him some more exposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go over the training camp lines in a little bit later, but they have, they have him back on the wing with – J.J. Paterka and Dylan Cousins, so that's that's definitely a line of the future. But I thought he played pretty well at center. You can definitely see that um, he's a very smart player. You can see his speed. I would have liked to see him shoot the puck a little more. But, yeah, I thought Quinn was definitely a standout. In the Devils game, I thought R2 Ritzelainen was a little underwhelming. But, you know, he Ritzelainen's like 24, 25. He's one of the oldest guys here. I would have liked to see him dominate a little more mm-hmm. i think we were talking about 
uh, potential disappointments for the season. You had R2 Ritzelein, and there's the disappointment mm-hmm. for the Sabres Simply going into the season. Simply because everybody's so excited, I think just the, the expectations alone are going to be, you know, they're higher than what the player might be ready to do or is capable of doing. I agree, mm-hmm. yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but... Yeah, I would have liked to see a little more from him. Also, Uko Pekalukinen in that game, he was phenomenal. Loved what I saw from him. He was cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. As uh, he as he great. should have been. As he should have been. But mostly exactly. invitees, I think, that I Well, I the, saw. Bruins, the Bruins game, he, he didn't play in the Bruins game. The Bruins were mostly invitees. But the Devils, they had Alexander Holtz, who he was the pick right before Jack Quinn. They had a couple other former first-round picks there as well. Nolan Foots, uh, Dawson Mercer as well. So, uh, yeah, they had some talent there for sure. I thought the Sabres were – they had a pretty good game. I, th- I believe it was 3-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paterka scored – I forgot who was the other one who scored. Forgive me, but, yeah, they played a pretty good game. Uh, but those are some of the my takeaways from it. Okay. And we're sticking on the – Okay, we're gonna go to a new segment here. Actually, we're, oh, we're excited we? about this. Yes, uh, unless you want to, unless you have anything. I'm just else. looking ahead here. Sorry, I was quiet there. I'm looking ahead at the the preseason schedule. Mm-hmm. None of these games are on TV. Yeah, I noticed that too. Really disappointing. That's 2021, and there's still no preseason games on TV. The only one on TV will be the fi- the finale against Detroit, mm-hmm. Saturday the 9th of October. Is it uh, at night? 3 p.m. Okay, I'll probably miss some of it. Mm -hmm. That's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, our new segment, it's going to be called On the Farm. Because, you know, the Sabres, they're they're rebuilding. Cue the animal noises. We'll probably Uh play that right now. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, there we go. There we go. We'll get it. (laughs) We'll get it eventually. But, yeah, the Sabres, we're going through a rebuild here. We're going to, every week, maybe every two weeks, we'll do a little five-minute spiel talking about the prospects what's going on there and yeah we need to give attention to these guys we got to give the our listeners some hope for what's to come Mm -hmm. in the future so first i want to talk about isaac rosen are you familiar with what's going on with isaac rosen yes he's not getting a lot of playing time i believe i saw oh yep he's averaging less than five minutes (laughs) a night which is just extremely unfortunate unfortunate but in the time that he's getting with Lexans in the Swedish Hockey League he's played in five games he's still putting up he's got a goal and an assist and for comparison's sake he had just one assist in like 22 Swedish Hockey League games last year with Lexans so he doubled his production and getting no ice time he got like no ice time last year too but yeah, good for him. He's also playing, getting some time in the in the J20 league in Sweden. He's played three games, two goals, one assist. So Isaac Rosen's a really good prospect. I would be really disappointed if this continues because mm-hmm. there's some games where he's a 13th forward. He's getting one shift, and he's getting three minutes of ice time. And I believe there was another game where he got like seven minutes of ice time, which is still not that great. I just don't understand why. Like, why would you dress a player and only play him for four minutes? I think in Sweden, they can dress 13 forwards. They okay. can dress an extra defenseman. So they're mm-hmm. not playing. Like, I think half the game, he didn't have a shift the other day. 
it's really frustrating because mm-hmm. when you have these prospects over on professional teams, they're 18 years old, that team doesn't really care about his development. He doesn't care about, oh, how does this affect the Buffalo Sabres? They're a professional franchise. They want to win. Lexans wants to win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Isaac Rosen, I think he can definitely help Lexans right. in uh, trying to win these games. He's a talented scoring forward. He's got some speed, but I can see where the coach is coming from wanting to play veterans over Rosen. Mm-hmm. So I think he's definitely too good for the Junior 20 League in Sweden. I would like to see him get sent over to the Elsvenskan League, which is basically the, uh, I wouldn't want to call it the AHL equivalent of Swedish leagues, but the, the second tier men's league that's where he probably belongs right now he was not picked in the chl import draft unfortunately you see uh boston's first round pick uh his name is escaping me oh my goodness this is embarrassing uh fabian lysel yes yeah. I, I i'm surprised you remembered his name yeah, Fab- no, fabian lysel because uh <laughs> he was playing in their preseason game against Washington yesterday. He went in the shootout. Yeah, Fabian so. <laughs> Lysel. He was picked by, I believe it was Vancouver in the CHL import draft. So Boston got him signed, so he's going to go and play for the Vancouver Giants in the Western Hockey League. I think that would have been great for Isaac Rosen's development because it's a more competitive junior league, for one. And he... I want to explain this the right. I want to articulate this properly. The Bruins would have more control over his development while he's here, and the Giants would put more of an emphasis on Lysol's development. Right, playing on a junior team. Right, because it's they, it's not a professional. Yes, contract. It's not yeah. a professional mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. So I think if Rosen could, I don't think there's really a way for him to get loaned over to a CHL team because he wasn't picked in the import draft. Mm -hmm. But I think it's definitely a sticky situation because you remember Alex Nylander, he was brought into the AHL when he probably wasn't ready for it. I don't think Rosen is ready for the American league. So it might be a tough year for Isaac Rosen in Sweden, but that's just the nature of the beast when you're picking guys from Europe that probably are too good for the junior league, but, you know, I don't think he's not good enough to play in the professional league in Lexans, but it's just a tough situation right now. Uh, Looking at the other prospects, uh, do you have anything else on Rosen before we move on? No, I'm still very excited for him. Yeah, I'm excited. He's gonna. I think he's gonna be a really important player mm-hmm. for Sweden at the World Juniors. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be a player to watch, not just for Sabres fans, but I think the whole world will be watching and be like, "Hey, this guy's pretty good." Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Rusek, uh, he signed his entry level contract at the conclusion of last season. He had surgery to repair his torn ACL, so he's gonna be out for. A while, so that's really unfortunate. I was looking forward to watching him in Rochester. I think he's definitely a sleeper prospect who might be able to contribute to this team going forward. So I'm wishing Lucas Rusek a nice, speedy recovery. Also, in injury news, uh, Matias Samuelson out week to week with a lower body injury. We kind of mentioned that before. I'm going to go over some more stats. I'm pulling up 
our good friend Curtis of the Charging <laughs> Buffalo. Yes. Co-host of the Future of the 716 podcast. Go check it out. An occasional co-host of this podcast. Yes, when uh, when the draft rolls around, we love to have Curtis on. We, we're we going to try and get Curtis and Austin on at some point. Our grand vision, we haven't ran it by him yet. If you're listening, Curtis and Austin, we're going to ask you to <laughs> – Hop on for a short five to ten minute segments for the on the farm segment and talk about all these wonderful young prospects that the Sabres have. All right, so going over some more stats for the current Sabres prospects. Uh, Alexander Kisikov, who was the part of the Taylor Hall trade tree, he was the second round pick from the Taylor Hall trade. He's played three games in the KHL and he's got some goose eggs in the stat sheet. But when you look at the, his MHL production, five games, three goals, one assist. And if you're not familiar, the MHL is the Russian Junior League. And we're going to look at Prokhor Poltapov, who was the first pick in the second round in this previous draft. He's playing in the VHL, which is the equivalent of the Alsvenskin uh, in Sweden. So he's in the second tier men's league, Prokhor Poltapov, for... Zvedska Moskva, my Russian accent there. Four games played, three goals, two assists, five points. Uh, pretty good production for Pro- Prokhor Poltapov. I think, like Isaac Rosen, I think these two Russians, Kisikov and Poltapov, are going to be really important pieces for the Russian World Junior team. So I, I'm extremely excited about these two guys. I don't know if you've seen many clips of these guys, Luke. I am excited for this man who's... Elite prospects I just mm, opened up. Nikita Novikov. Nikita Novikov. I've seen clips of him with uh, Dynamo Moskov, uh, Dynamo Moscow, and uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing there. He's playing in the KHL, too. He they're made this to team a, out of camp. Right. They're off to an 8-0 start, I believe. Three yeah. points in nine games. One goal, too. Right. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. good for him. So He's, um, he, was, he was their sixth-round pick, right? Yeah, sixth-round pick. So mm-hmm. Moscow is off to uh, a dazzling start. Yeah, he's... With Vadim uh, Shipashov on their team. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about him. And Slava Voinov. Boo. Slava Voinov's still playing. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah uh, Novikov, he's really interesting. I wasn't really expecting much from him, but he's definitely having a really nice start, especially considering sixth-round pick performing very well in the KHL to start. No, um, no time-on-ice stats, mm. it looks like. Yeah, I think... To get the time on ice stats, you might have to go look at the the official website for the team. Oh, for the team. Okay. I don't think he gets a whole lot of ice time. He's very efficient, though, when it yeah. comes to well, hey, putting that's up good. points. Uh, there's not many Sabres prospects that are actually playing right now. And speaking of prospects, they actually sent back uh, a few of their draftees from this year, Viliami Mariala. Josh Bloom and Oliver Nadeau back to junior. Uh, Tyson Kozak, their seventh-round pick in the 2021 draft, hasn't been sent back yet because he was banged up a little bit in the prospects challenge. But he'll go. He's not making the team. They're not giving him an extended look or anything. But uh, I thought Viljami Mariala looked really good in the blue and gold. We'll segue into the blue and gold scrimmage now as we're talking about these guys. But even going back to the the prospects challenge, I thought Viljami Mariala was – the most impressive of all of the the 2021 draftees that were at the at the tournament. Uh, definitely, he's got some speed to him. You can see some competitiveness there. He, I make I don't want to call him a grinder, but 
he's got some skill, and you can tell he can put his nose to the grindstone, if you will. So I, I'm really intrigued by him. I think was he their fifth round pick? He you was the fifth his, round pick. Yes. Yeah, fifth round. Fifth pick. round, 159th overall. Yeah, he he put up pretty decent production for the Quebec Ramparts student. You have around point per game. 27 points in 30 games. Yeah, yeah. five goals. And uh, in the playoffs, five points in six games. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he'll be a force on the Finnish World Junior team. You got to imagine he'll get a look, uh, but. The Sabres should have a very large contingent at the IIHF World Junior Championships this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Nadeau, I, I like him as a prospect. I really like that they picked him. He put up really impressive production playing for the Shawinigan Cataracts, uh, playing on the same team as a couple former first-round picks, uh, Maverick Bork and uh, the one that Oilers just drafted this past year. Uh, his name is also escaping me. Uh, my apologies. You, I, you, you've got the look on your face like you remember his name. What um, what position was he? I believe he was a center. Hold on. I'm going to oh, figure this was out. Was this the first round? Yeah, it was his fir- their first round pick. Oh, good Lord. It's going to kill me. Well... I'll find it. Yeah. Well, here, I'll I'll track it down for you. Don't worry. Okay. Well, yeah, he they played on the same team. Xavier Borgo. Okay. That, that's yeah. that's the name. He played with Borgo and Maverick Bork. I'm not I don't remember if they play on the same line or not, but they did get some time together. Nadeau put up really impressive production, but my biggest takeaway from Oliver Nadeau through these couple viewings I've had of him, I've yeah. Um skating is not very good. He looked like he was skating through the mud. That's my impression with most of these late round picks that he was a third third round, round. Well, their fourth round pick. Uh but you can tell he he's has some aspects to his game that could make him an effective NHL player, probably in the bottom six. But you can see that there is some skill there. He's and, a big kid. Yeah, offensive Six upside. Two. He'll probably be like a third or fourth line guy when if slash when he makes the NHL, but his skating is very concerning to mm-hmm. me right out of the gate. Well, I mean, that's why it uh, well, that's why it's a good thing that skating is such a point of emphasis at these uh camps. Like remember the old blue and beyond blue and gold videos of Dev Camp oh, yeah. where the skating coaches that might have been oil change I'm thinking of, but it's something they work on with the kids. So, you know, they'll have the resources. Well, Matias Samuelson was not a good skater, and now all of a sudden <laughs> he's fine. So right, right. And these, these guys can work on it. These guys have never had access to that stuff, I imagine. So, yeah. So, yeah, he's another name to watch. He was returned back to junior. And Josh Bloom, I was very impressed with him as well, as more so in the game yesterday in the Bloom and Gold scrimmage. He didn't play at all last year because he is on the Saginaw spirit of the OHL. I think he he's definitely a boomer bust kind of guy. And can you call a third round pick a bust? I'm not really sure, especially this close out of being drafted. But it's I, like a low risk high yeah, reward. Yeah, low kind risk of high thing. reward. I think going back to before the draft, I said that I really wanted the Sabres to pick someone from the OHL, someone who, you know, if had the Saginaw spirit been able to play this year and Josh Bloom was able was able to have a full season in his draft year would he have gone in the second or first round probably not but they did reach on him a little bit maybe he would have gone in the late second early third round had he been able to play a full season but you can definitely see he's a power forward he's a bigger guy skates really well 
I think in the TCB group chat right before they picked him, I said, let's let's see a nice power forward here. And they got the, just that in Josh Bloom. says here he was ranked one th- uh, 131 in McKean's pre-scout or pre-draft um, scouting and 113 by NHL Central scouting. Mm-hmm. So he was drafted. Yeah, he, was, uh, he was a little bit of a reach. But... Yeah, about 20 to 40 picks ahead of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and also uh, Steven Sardarian, we'll mention him as well. He is going to play for Youngstown of the USHL. He wasn't able to make his season debut the other day, our own uh, Walt uh, at Future of the 716. He was going to go to that game, but unfortunately there there might have been some issues with visas or something like that coming over from Russia. He wasn't able to play right away, sadly. But he's another guy that fans could be excited about. There's lots of Sabres prospects that seemingly give us hope and this doesn't seem like false hope anymore the Sabres have like six guys six or seven guys that they just drafted that I'm really excited about and think that they have legitimate NHL potential last year you know you look at Jack Quinn JJ Paterka to start off uh, those guys are definitely the main pieces that you would think have a shot at being NHL players. They probably will be NHL players. They will mm-hmm. be NHL players for sure. But uh, going after that, though, you look at, like, Matteo Constantini, uh, you know, Buffalo Junior Sabre prospect, Jacob Konechny, who he's been a very interesting player as well, especially in the Champions Hockey League. They might have unearthed something good there as well. But there's some really good prospects here now. And we probably couldn't have said that 18 months ago when Jason Botterill was here. And let's not forget about Ryan Johnson, too. Right. It's and Owen Power. A good start to restocking the pantry. Yeah, they got, they've got two first-round picks coming up. They've got two second-round picks next year. There's going to be more picks. Uh, we have a question about trade deadline, mm. potential guys who are going to go. We can speculate on returns for that, too. I don't know. I you. I know people can say that I'm a negative Nancy from time to time, but I'm very optimistic about the future of this team. Mm-hmm. That's good. That means a lot coming from the prospect guy mm-hmm. of the Charge Buffalo, who I hold in the highest acclaim in terms of prospect covering, but that's a personal opinion. And when you need to figure something out about a- 12 year old kid in Alaska you know that's right I know who I, I know I knew who Ido Aguchi was when he was like 12 years old because of you he didn't get drafted unfortunately <sighs> that kills I don't know what's dream. going on with him but oh my yeah. god that sucks uh okay moving circling more towards the blue and gold scrimmage some standouts I thought Dylan Cousins was great uh Victor Olipson I think Olipson scored in overtime uh mm-hmm. typical wicked shot from him uh I thought Darlene was probably one of the better players on the ice which was expected I think he's definitely playing with more swagger in his game he's playing the game that we thought that he was going to be playing uh pre-Ralph Kruger so that's really exciting I thought Jeff Skinner was playing really well too I think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna go back to his 40 goal pace but I I think he probably scores 20 goals. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think? I think there's potential there still to return to form. I think that with last year... Someone's got to score the goals. Exactly. And plus, I mean, he could have been one of those players that was out of shape 
coming into the season. I'm sure there's a lot of guys who were out of shape uh, just because everything was closed down. Obviously, couldn't get to a rink probably to work out. Um, so I think that had a lot, an effect on a lot of players last year. I think there's still potential for bounce back there. He was still getting the chances last year. We all know that. Uh, and the year before that too. So, uh, I, I don't think he's a busted player or anything. He still has his legs, still has his yeah, hands. Skating was still there. That's for it's sure. It's just the finishing wasn't there necessarily, um, when it needed to be last year. Well, so I think if he can get that He's back. turned into a good defensive player. Mm-hmm. You can give him that. So he can still be effective in that way. Mm-hmm. But can he still score and put the puck in the back? Uh, that's probably one of the biggest questions going into the season. I'm confident he can recover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought Henestroza looked pretty good. Uh, you can definitely see that he's got some shooting ability. He's got some wheels on him, too. I can see Henestroza being the crowd favorite. This, I think you he, know, one of the crowd he's favorites. on like a million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. What if he's got like 15 goal, 15, 20 goals by the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. You remember Patrick Eves? Yeah. You remember Patrick Eves? Patrick yeah. Eves is making a million bucks. He got a first round pick at the trade deadline. Or Barclay Goudreau. What about Bar- a guy yeah. like that? Well, Goudreau <laughs> you know, like, had another year on his contract. Yeah. But, but, I mean, a guy who comes out of nowhere doesn't score a lot. He's a sleeper. I think mm-hmm. he's going to he's gonna be probably in the top six getting a good opportunity to score goals, put up some points. Maybe he will we'll get more into that later when we get into the listener questions. But I think he's got potential to make some noise here. Mm-hmm. I thought that Thompson looked really good. He had a couple good opportunities, hit the crossbar a couple of times. Middlestat looked really confident. I'm really excited about him. Yeah, uh, if we're talking disappointments, none really come to mind. I thought Aaron Dell looked really good as well. Um, yeah, none are really coming to mind. Eakin didn't look that terrible either. I don't like Cody Eakin just as much as the next no. guy, but he looked fine. I don't know. It all is irrelevant once the season starts. It was That's nice sure. to see Zemgus Gergensen's out mm-hmm. on the ice again too. Mm-hmm. He's going to he's going to be playing center. Our two Ritz line and then Gergensen's are going to be playing center to mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now transitioning, do you have anything else no, before we transition? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Uh the 2021-2022 theme nights. So Yes. We've been talking about this for months. Read them how down get, don't have it in front of How me. are you going to get butts in the seats? Well, right. this is the Saber solution. This is one attempt. Uh, October 14th, the home opener against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that's sponsored by KeyBank. I'm assuming they're going to, yeah, it looks like this is going to be the t-shirt. It's a, just a normal blue t-shirt yeah, with just, white Let's Go Buffalo with the date and the game. Typical freebie. Uh, Harvest Fest, Saturday, October 16th. So just a couple days later, it's a Saturday matinee game against the Arizona Coyotes. I wonder if there'll be some kind of beer theme. Harvest thing. Fest. Um, it looks like it might be this black trick-or-treat bag, oh, okay. potentially. Looking at the pictures, there's mm. a black Sabres bag with a yellow strap with some pumpkins on it. says trick-or-treat. Mm. Okay, and then we got White Hot Fridays, which this is, this is fun. They're going to be wearing their white jerseys at home for select games. Uh Yes, Sabres wear white jerseys at home. This is for Friday, October 22nd against the Boston Bruins. It seems like they definitely want to go white full-time, right? Yeah, but they just can't. They can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Would they be wearing white all the time then, essentially? Because other teams aren't just going to wear white at home when they face Buffalo. Right. 
So they would just be wearing. I mean, I wouldn't complain. I don't. Love it would their be blue a logistical problem with the yeah. rest of the league that would prevent them from doing it. I think yeah. a good solution is mm-hmm. for half the season you wear white at home. For mm-hmm. the other half, you wear your dark at home. Or maybe you go five years, you wear darks at home. Mm-hmm. The next five years, the next five years, you wear white at home. Something like mm-hmm. that. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. So. It, by my judging here, I don't think it's going to be every Friday game, although I don't know how many Friday games there are. Mm-hmm. But it'd be cool if they did White Hot Fridays, mm-hmm. wear whites at home for every Friday game. But it looks like there's only like two or three of them here. Uh, November 6th, so they, they've got a lot of promotions early on here. Uh, Saturday, November 6th against the Detroit Red Wings, Val James night. If you're not familiar okay. with Val James, That's the first cool. African-American to play in the NHL mm-hmm. and a former Buffalo Sabre and Rochester Amherst. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I'm sure he'll probably have a ceremonial yes. face-off. Uh, Monday, November 29th, Hockey Fights Cancer Night. That's against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, I believe, yeah, judging from the, the pictures in the background, mm-hmm. the freebie there will be a purple-slash-pink scarf. Okay. So that's cool. Uh, another White Hot Friday, potentially. No, it's not going to be Jack Eichel's return to Buffalo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, against the New York Rangers, Friday, December 10th, where White at home. Uh, Saturday, December 11th, against the Washington Capitals, Native American Heritage Night, sponsored by Seneca Casino, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure what if there will be a freebie for that game. Uh, here's a fun one. Uh, Thursday, January 6th against the <laughs> San Jose Sharks. Hometown Heroes. Hometown Heroes. Where yes. all of the, the Patriots will be released mm-hmm. from federal prison to, <laughs> to stand for the yeah. national anthem. Uh, yes. that... <laughs> well, I wonder I'm who sorry. The, I, I wonder to. what Hometown Heroes they'll be honoring. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I hope they don't do the Colorado Avalanche uh, thin blue line on the ice, but... Uh... <laughs> All right, uh, all I'm right. curious to see what they're planning for this. Are they going to give out little police badges with the Sabres logo on them? Well, you know, I think they did dog tags for one oh. one of the. I forget what it was. That must I have been went, years ago. Yeah, I it was a that. few. It was like three or four years ago. Yeah. I remember I was looking through my room one day and I saw, well, what's the Sabres dog tag for? Yeah, I'm sure it's something related. Hmm. Uh, Saturday, January 22nd, against the Flyers Youth Hockey Day. Uh, don't know if there will be a giveaway for that. Yeah. We don't really know yet. Um, Sunday, March 6th. Kids... <laughs> Are they going to give away children? <laughs> <laughs> uh, kids take over. This is oh, where the boy. children will be released <laughs> the, from. The, the children will be released from the uh, the Sabretooth Clubhouse or whatever. I mean, why did they get rid of that? <laughs> they couldn't afford it anymore. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sabretooth's <laughs> rate was too high. <laughs> oh, my God. If kids take over against the Kings on... Uh, March 6th. Jeez, the wheels really (laughs) fell off here. Uh, (laughs) uh, Thursday, March 10th, Pride game. Uh, Not sure what will be given away there. Oh, Mm -hmm. I think I heard they're... They're giving away rally towels. To oh, that'll first, be sick. The that'll first, sick. um, like one thousand like, fans like, or something, like rainbow ones. Yeah, I believe that'll be so. Cool. That's against the Vegas one, Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Uh, then this this is gonna be cool. A white hot Friday throwback night against the Washington Capitals. I'm gonna tell you what this means. Okay, what what's the date of that? Uh, Friday, March 25th. March the 13th is the outdoor Heritage Classic. Right? Yes, I believe so. What this means, they're just going to wear the Heritage Classic jersey. Oh, yeah. So that means it's going to be white. 
So you, what is I that think mean? you're bang on here. I right? didn't even think of this. Uh, I mean, because think every every team wears their Winter Classic jersey. Sabers did it at a couple times. Point, yeah, at some point, that's what this is gonna be. I think they wore it in the fan appreciation mm-hmm. game yep, too, which also happens to be a white hot Friday. RJ's mm-hmm. last call. They're admitting to not making the playoffs already. I know, right? Um, well, what if Dan Dunleavy calls the playoffs? Mm. Listen, you I have can't a, do that. Come I on. have a wild idea, okay, that if the New York Knicks could make the NBA playoffs last year, the Sabres can make the playoffs this year. No matter how wild it is. You know, if Uko Pekalukinen emerges and is a Vesna caliber goaltender, who hey, knows? I mean, possible. anything can happen. Anything can, can happen. But can you but... imagine, like, the psyche of a Knicks fan last year, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to suck forever, and then all of a sudden, somehow... Uh, a role player goes off and carries you, and then I mean, you know, what if the Sabres young kids go off? They could. It's like right. It's but we, we it's also okay to know. Win. We also know. Right. Oh, uh, I want to go back to the throwback night. I think yeah. on throwback night they're gonna reveal that the Goathead's coming back as an alternate jersey next year. That's my prediction. Okay. You heard it here first. I think you bring up a good point that they're gonna be wearing the Winter Classic. Mm-hmm. Now, this game. I think it's going to be, I think we mentioned this last time, I think it's going to be the bottle cap. Yeah. Or they're going to try and like make like a vintage-ish looking jersey right? out of what they've got. Because the Heritage Classic, um, I think what they've done in the past is it's typically like, well, not in the case of the Flames-Jets one, but with the Senders in Flames in like 2011, I think it was, they came up with new designs. Mm-hmm. Well, the Canucks, they did the, the, Canucks, the, Vancouver, the Vancouver Millionaires. millionaires. That's mm-hmm. right. So, yeah, I, I guess um, it, it, I guess it, in all likelihood, it will be um, an actual throwback. Then. I think Especially it's going to be a bottle as, cap. as throwback night, I mean, that could be a, like a faux-back. You ever hear that term? Like a, like a fake mm-hmm. throwback that seems like the Tampa Bay Rays do it all the time, faux-back. But um, maybe they come up with some kind of throwback-inspired jersey right yeah so i don't i think see i do think i'm on to something there though yeah you should Mm -hmm. tweet it out i should that deserves some love i should give luke some love people this guy this guy's a this guy's a smart guy come on thank you oh wow thank you we next on our docket here was previewing the preseason schedule but we kind of did that they're starting tomorrow in columbus there's Mm -hmm. three preseason games this week that's very exciting um you can't watch them on tv though but you can listen in. Um, camp battles. We're going to go over this. We're going to go more in our opinion-based discussion section now. I put a couple down. I don't know if you have any in mind. But our first camp battle, inspired by Don Granado in his postseason, it's not postseason, postgame, post-scrimmage press conference yesterday, basically said that it's Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell's job to lose. I know a lot of people thought that Uko Pekalukinen was going to be the starting goaltender out of camp, but he said if he was picking his two goalies right now, it would be Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell. So my first training camp battle, Uko Pekalukinen versus Aaron Dell. What do you think? Mm, I think personally I'd want to go with Dell and Anderson. I don't want to throw Lukinen into anything right now that's fair but i think lukanen could definitely win that battle if that was indeed the case if it was actually dell versus lukanen i think they're um, trying to protect their young guy indeed yep 
And, you know, Rochester, they've, they've got some young players there now. Uh, Samuelson is in the next training camp battle, but he's probably going to go back to Rochester just because of the injury and the fact that they've got Robert Hag now and Jacob Bryson. Mm-hmm. So Samuelson probably goes back, and you've got Quinn, Paterka. Rusek was supposed to be there. I'm sure he'll be there at some point, but they've got infusion of youth and young talent there, and you can have Uko and be the guy there and be the starter. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget... There's talk of a goaltender uh, taxi squad. So I wonder, maybe all three make it. Aaron Dell is the taxi squad goalie. And then mm-hmm. T- Dustin Tokarski is your Amherst starting mm-hmm. goalie, and Michael Hauser can back him up. Mm-hmm. And also, I, I hate to beat the dead horse, but I remember when folks were saying that Michael Hauser could be the starting goaltender for the Sabres this season. Mm-hmm. And I was trashing on their good story. Yeah. Uh, training camp battle number two, Robert Hag versus Matias Samuelson versus Jacob Bryson. I think Robert Hag takes it. I'm so, my mind immediately goes to the veteran. Yeah, like, let's not. And Robert like, Hag's a legitimate top six NHL defenseman. Right, right. Because if Samuelson makes the team out of camp, Hag's your seventh defenseman. Mm-hmm. They're not going to sit Will Butcher. You're not sitting Darlene, obviously. No. So there's a battle for that left. Yeah, there's a battle for that left shot D. So mm-hmm. I think Hag probably gets it. I think I was thinking Samuelson might have a legitimate shot of making the team, but then he got hurt. He's out week to week. We don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Mm-hmm. He probably starts in Rochester. Okay, now something that re- going back to Aaron Dell, he picked number thirty, and then. Got lots of backlash, and then switched to number 80. He said today that he didn't really understand the significance of the number 30. Someone's not a hockey fan, is he? (laughs) Jeez. Ryan Miller just retired, too, for God's Mm -hmm. sake. He didn't really understand the significance, and he was happy to change it. He didn't really care. That's good that it it made its way back. I wonder who told him. He got DMs. He said he got DMs on Twitter. Angry people. I hope it wasn't hate mail. It was probably hate mail. Come on. Jesus. It's Buffalo sports. Well, I'm I'm about. glad that's a classy thing to do. Yeah, uh, good for him. Number eighty is a little weird. We're I like it though. It's, uh, His pads are really nice. Who wears that in Columbus? Mur- mur- um, uh, uh, it was uh, Kiv- was Kiv- that Kivlenix? Yeah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Someone changed their number. It was to um, honor him. Dubois. Yeah, Dubois. former teammates. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my question here: We've talked about it before. Should Ryan Miller have his jersey retired? And people were talking about that promotion schedule saying, where's Ryan Miller night? Do it. I mean, listen, I've been saying it since we've been on the air. I mean, five years now. Six years. Six years. Yes, of course, do it. I mean, I'm more in favor of taking numbers down from the rafters because what makes Ryan Miller a jersey retirement candidate mm-hmm. is because of the names that are up there already. Mm-hmm. I I'm a firm, like, yeah firm believer. There should be two numbers that are retired: thirty nine and eleven. That's mm-hmm. it. I'm I think take them all down. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't get it. I think the, you, the, I like what the Bills do. The, like the, I, I was at the stadium yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was observing. I was like, I think this is cool. The NHL should mm-hmm. do this. Honor. The players, let them wear the numbers still. Right. I think it makes more sense for the NFL to do that because there's so many guys on the team 
you're mm-hmm. going to run out of numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, I think Ryan Miller should be honored. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think Ryan Miller should be honored. He should have a ceremony. He should get the the sword. The sword, yep. It's been a while since that's happened. He should be in the Sabres Hall of Fame. I think it'd be cool. I I mean, I wouldn't complain if his number was retired by any means. Sure, do it, but mm-hmm. I think it's unnecessary. I don't. I mean, look look at the backlash when one guy wore it in training camp. I mean, Michael Hauser had it in training camp a couple years ago. I shouldn't say in training, but, you know. He didn't even wear it. He got a graphic saying that this was his yeah. number. Right. Neuverth was going to wear number 32, and this was right after Miller got traded. He, I mean, listen, my reasons are still the same. He's an icon. He was the face of an entire generation of Sabres hockey, an entire era of Sabres hockey. I think he belongs up there. He's one of the best goalies in the league at the time, arguably the best. Best American goalie, that's for sure. He gave some incredible moments here, and he is an icon. He's just if if Ryan Miller walked like he'd never have to pay for a drink in his life <laughs> in Buffalo. I think this is a different story if um if he never got traded. Hmm. Like if he, if he, if he retired own, a saber. And you know another thing here I was thinking, all these guys get one day contracts, retire. David Backus just did it mm-hmm. with the Blues. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is going to happen. I I genuinely don't think this is going to happen. They didn't do it. They didn't give Miller a one-day contract to retire a Sabre. I don't know. I mean, am I reading too much into it? Maybe. I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's going to be a long, long, long time until we see another number go up to the Raptors. They're not retiring Jack Eichel's number, I'll tell you that. um, What about Roberto Luongo? Was he given a one-day contract? His number should be retired in Vancouver, I think, number one. I feel like it ended so poorly there. I don't think it's going to happen. Or th- I know this is a very unique circumstance, but what about Henrik Lundqvist? Did, did he sign a one-day? I don't think he signed a one-day contract, but they're retiring they his number. today yeah. they're retiring his number. Um, On my birthday, January really? 28th. January 28th, yep. Um, so they're doing that for him. And That's like, deserved, though. It is. But, I mean, like, Ryan Miller was – Right there with it was him, Hank, uh, Luongo, Carey Price, Carey Carey Price, right? Um, Quick, Jonathan Quick, to a lesser extent. They they were the guys for a little while. I'm thinking more like 2012, mm-hmm. or, you know, 2010, 2012. Like they were the guys there for um, a little while in the NHL. The faces internationally, especially. I mean, Ryan Miller was kind of the face uh, when there weren't as many American stars as there are now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. MVP of the Olympics. And they lost. Yeah. And maybe I'm thinking too much about that alone, the Olympics thing, but, um, I mean, haven't been to the playoffs since Ryan Miller was here. Uh, you he He's the franchise. He has the record for most wins in a season, too. That's another yeah. thing. Um. So I think it's... Does he still have... Does he have most shutouts, too? Oh, he might. I think he might. He might, yeah. Which, that's mind-blowing, if that's true. Isn't there a meme, like the Ryan Miller shutout, where we blow... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a Sabres Twitter meme. I don't know. I I think, cool if he gets it. I I wouldn't complain. I'll get the replica banner, hang it up. But 
Um, I would. I'm more in favor of tearing all the numbers down. I don't. <laughs> I don't really. You're care. a minimalist. Yeah. For, I I know it might sound ridiculous, but for a team that's never won the Stanley Cup, never won the Stanley Cup, two appearances. You've got. I bet they're top five in the league in most jersey numbers retired. Mm. They're certainly top ten. Well, you got to think. I mean, there's the Red Wings. There's the yeah, Leafs. Like the original six teams probably have. Yeah, more, but. For a not, team that's never won the Stanley Cup teams. to have like eight, seven, or eight numbers retired, that's ridiculous. I don't know. I think best of the best, Hashik and Perot. Mm-hmm. Leave it at that. I think you can put him up in Alumni Plaza if he's not already there. I think a new mural would be pretty cool, like updating it because it's done. Like, there's got to be more room to add more alumni, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yes. Then you can put Miller there. I'd, maybe a statue would be a little much, but maybe more statues in Alumni Plaza. Add a couple more. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah, it makes me all sad seeing spider webs on the front in, in Gilbert Bro's hair the statue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. So you you're very much in favor of it. I really don't care. I personally wouldn't want it retired but if it happens it happens i'm not going to complain i'll uh advocate for tearing it down in 10 years all right now the the big the big topic of the day you, you've probably seen it in the tweet watching yesterday's blue and gold scrimmage got me thinking who are the players that are going to make the team i'm not talking about jack quinn jj paterka the players that are likely to be on the Buffalo Sabres this year, who will be a Buffalo Sabre when they're good, when they're making the playoffs? Pull. I want you to pull up their uh, cap repeat friendly. That, repeat that criteria again for me. Just who so. that will be on the opening night roster mm-hmm. for this Buffalo Sabres team, who will be on the team still when – they are a playoff team two or three years down the road. I'm trying to avoid going the obvious route and saying Dylan Cousins. Well, you can go the obvious. I, I'm yeah. trying to make a point here because I really don't think many of these guys are going to be part of the solution here. I think Dylan Cousins is the one. Yeah, actually just looking at it, he is the one guy who, and Rasmus Dahlin. Those, well, maybe, maybe not even Dahlin. I, I, he better be, for God's sake. <laughs> right, but I mean, if like, they... Off the top of my mind, it's Cousins, Skinner, just because his contract mm-hmm. will prevent him from going anywhere else. Um, Middlestat, Asplund will probably be a role player. Um, You know what? Go down the list. Read, uh, off, read off the guy's names, oh, and yes. we'll, we'll decide. Jeff Skinner. Yes, because, because of the contract. Because the contract. Um. I mean, you don't know, though. I mean, by that time, they could put yeah. him on LTIR. Something could happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most likely, yes, though. Yes. Uh, Kyle Opozo. No. No. Uh, Victor Olofsson. I'm going to go with no. I think he'll get traded somewhere along mm-hmm. the line. Um, I mean, no, it's likely he could stick around and be kind of a... Um, Power play specialist. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's there's lots of guys, like a, like an Alex Killorn type, you know, just stays hangs around for a while. Uh, Casey Middlestat. I'm going to go with yes. I feel like, I mean, this will I mean, he's three years left on his deal. He'll be an RFA again. Um, 
How what, can, what when do we think they're going to be good again? I think that's that's <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to go with uh, two years from now. Maybe we have different definitions of good. <laughs> playoffs. They're they're in the playoffs. playoffs. Oh, we'll go three years. Three years. They're in the playoffs in 2025. Fine, let's do that. Yeah, let's set the baseline okay. for three years. Are they here within three years? Uh, Cody Eakin. No. No. Zemgis Gergensens. I'm going to go with... Uh, no. No. I'm going to say yes. Really? I think he's going to he, get another contract. You think he's going to get another contract? Yeah, I think he's a glue guy for this team. <laughs> uh, clearly, ownership <laughs> likes him. Well, it's They're Terry's a stubborn bunch. Yeah, he'll be here. Anders Bjork. I'm going to go with no. No, he won't. Uh, he'll be in Sweden. Tage, <laughs> Tage Thompson. Uh, no. Yeah, no. He's gonna. Uh, they're gonna trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah, and and like uh, it's gonna be like Thompson and a second for a rental that. Yeah. He's gonna disappoint in the he'll playoffs be in like and walk San Jose or something. Uh, Vinny Hinnestrosa. Uh, no, no, he'll be traded at the deadline this year. Uh, maybe not. Dylan Cousins, yes, yes. He'll be the captain. Rasmus Asplund? Uh, he'll be a glue guy. Fourth line. Okay, I'm going to say no. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you think he's going to Houston in the next expansion draft? No, well, I think, you know, I think he's a guy who, you know, is really promising for now because the team isn't great. But once you really get good. Uh, Tate Thompson. Yeah, you know, like you don't know. Is that really? I mean, I mean, there's time to see if he improve. You know how how good he gets. Rasmus Asplund. Uh, he, I love him right now, but there's not a lot of talent on this team. There's a dearth of talent. Uh, so what is that? I think we're done with forwards now. There's still okay. Well, yeah, there's keep, three keep obvious going. ones here. Let's put them all together. Ryan McInnes, Drake Casula, and John Hayden. No, a collective no. resounding <laughs> no. Um, defense. Right. Rasmus Dahlin. Yes, most likely. I'd like to say most likely. Uh, yeah, he'll be here. He'll be here. He's he's the guy. Colin Miller? No. No. Uh, Will Butcher? No. I don't think so. Henry Yokiharyu? I think he yes. stays around. Yeah. Okay, if I'm going to say yeah to Yokiharyu, I'll say yeah to Darlene. But Yokiharyu, he's the, on the top pair now. Mm-hmm. But I think when they're good, he Henry Yokiharyu is on your third pair. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Robert Haig? No. No. Mark Pezik? No. No. Jacob Bryson? Uh, no. No. He'll be in the AHL. And then the goalies, of course, Craig Anderson, Aaron Dell. No. How uh, many guys did we say yes to? Like four? Probably. Yeah. Like this year doesn't really matter. I mean, like, yeah, you want Cousins and Middlestat and Thompson, Darlene and Yoki Haru and hopefully Lukanen to grow, but most of these guys aren't going to be. Like this is the same conversation from the tank year. Mm-hmm. Like how many, how many of these guys are going to be around? I don't know. I mean, it, a long drawn out point. Like this season, it's going to be a rough season. I don't know. You you said maybe they surprise. I just really don't see it. I don't know. And that just might be my uh, you know cautious optimism. Close, cautious optimism, but also it's close to the season. I'm a little giddy, right? It's, well, I mean, last year everyone had themselves convinced for the first month of the season that the Sabers were good and they were just unlucky. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not very optimistic about their chances. I really think that, well, you know, I was telling my grandpa the other day about <laughs> Connor Bedard and Matt Vemichkov and Oh, does he not know about them? Yeah, he, he just found out about these guys <laughs> when I was talking about them. So he's excited about the, the future drafts. Okay, so now we're going to move on to listener questions. Do you have anything you want to touch on before we get into this? Nope. 
No. Okay. So I went to Twitter asking for some listener questions. We got a few There might be one in there that a friend of ours left. Yeah. Joking around. Uh, we'll, being a goof. We'll do that one last. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. We'll do that one last. We're going to get explicit? <laughs> uh, first one comes from at AaronRob72. Uh, go over potential Sabres that could be traded at the trade deadline. Uh, thank you for that question. I I really like this one. Uh, you already have Cap Friendly open. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll go over some like potential uh, returns. Obviously, uh, Jack Eichel, <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Uh, I think that's definitely a pressure point for an Eichel trade, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go over return, though, because I yeah. don't care. Who knows? Um I mean, from my perspective, it's any of these guys who are on the one-year deals, maybe two years that they're making like a million mm-hmm. bucks. I don't think they part with Anders Bjork that quickly. He got, maybe. A, couple, he got a couple years left, doesn't he? He has two years at a at a decent hit. Um, didn't they just sign him to that, though? No, Boston, Boston signed him. Yeah, okay. Boston signed that contract. Um, I mean, maybe uh, Bjork is one of those guys. Uh, I don't know how long the team figures him into their plans, uh, but Bjork can be one of those guys. Uh, I think Olofsson goes. You do? I think that's my bold prediction. I, I think Victor Olofsson goes at the deadline. And if you can get a first-round pick... Then do it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he's almost in the Sam Reinhart position, mm-hmm. where if you give him... He goes to arbitration, you give him a one-year deal, he's going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. I like Victor Olofsson. I have his jersey, for God's sake. I'm really annoyed that he changed his number. Yeah, I think he's... That's right. Think, 71 yeah. now? Yeah, 71. Um, I think he's a power play specialist. I think he has the ability to score at five-on-five, a little more underrated than a lot of people give him credit for, but he's a power play specialist, and two of your biggest driving forces on the power play aren't on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just If you can get a first-round pick for Victor Olofsson, I'm taking it and I'm running because I believe in these next two drafts, and I think – that first-round pick is going to be more of a contributor than Victor Olofsson. The other one, uh, well, maybe two more. One on defense, though. I think Robert Haig is a blaring example of somebody that can be moved for depth. Someone gives up team. a fourth-round pick for Robert Haig like at the Vegas. trade online. Yeah. You know, I could see him being he, What's a he making, Knight. like 1.6 1.6. Million? Yeah, okay. And then, this might surprise you, but... Craig Anderson for like a seventh, for depth for a seventh round a seventh pick. round pick give him a chance to I mean, win. Devin Dubnik got mm-hmm. a draft pick. He didn't even get signed. Mm-hmm. So, so I think maybe Ottawa, mm, maybe Ottawa yeah, brings him there, back. But I'm thinking strictly for a depth goaltender, right? We saw Keith a sixth Kincaid, or seventh round pick. Yes, Keith Kincaid a few years ago, right? He got traded for. Um, I mean, it it it, it, it it's happened. Um, I think Will Butcher could get traded too. For like a mid-round pick, yeah, he's yeah. a reclamation project. Mark Pesic, um, I wouldn't rule him out either. Colin Miller is a very glaring. Colin Miller too. I just you retain like some of that salary. That's too much money. That's right. We'd have to yeah. retain something, and they probably will. Yeah, and you know, works. silver lining to Jack Eichel probably not getting traded until next off season. Mm-hmm. Um, they're able to trade these guys and not mm-hmm. have to worry about reaching the cap floor. So, if you want to call that a silver lining, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is important here, trading 
two two or three of those defensemen bring up these kids mm-hmm. because Owen Power will he's gonna get signed at the end of the season. They're gonna burn that year on his contract. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get some playing time. That will because I think you can trade three or four defensemen. Honestly, uh, Hag will probably hold some value. Pesic might hold a little bit of value. Miller will hold some value, and Butcher will hold some value too. They might trade four out of six of their defensemen. You can bring up Oscari Laxinen, who I forgot to mention him. He was really good at the prospects game. And also, you can bring up Matias Samuelson. You can bring up Jacob Bryson. You can go nuclear and go really young. I think that's possible. Vinny Hinnestroza, too. We mentioned that earlier. I could see him as a dark horse that land you like a second or a third round pick, depending on how he performs. Mm-hmm. He's making a million bucks, like $1.1 million, right? One, yep, yeah, 1.05. I see this being a very active trade deadline for the Mm -hmm. Sabres. If they can reach the cap floor, that's the big if. Mm -hmm. Like if they trade Eichel and they don't have that salary against the books, you're going to be in trouble. You're not going to be able to trade any of these guys unless you take on significant salary coming back. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's thank you for the question, Aaron. Uh, The trade deadline is going to be very interesting to watch. All right, next comes from our good friend Curtis at Curtis NHL Draft. Uh, which forward leads the team in points and expected goals for at the end of the year? Same question, but specific to defensemen. You can take the expected goals for part. <laughs> uh, I can give it a whirl. I'm not I'm, very, <laughs> I'm not a good analytics person. I'll uh, give it a whirl. So goal leader, is that it, huh? You know what? I'm going to take points. gamble. Points. Point, point leader? Mm-hmm. Mm, point leader. Ooh. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna say goals anyway. Okay, um, you can do both. We'll let, we'll alter goals, the question. I think Jeff Skinner mm-hmm. leads the team in goals. Yeah, uh, points. Man, it's it's so hard because like you know, uh, Rasmus Dahlin. Okay, first line minutes. He's the guy now. I'll go him. Okay, uh, point leader at forward. I don't know. It's so tough to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, people are going to say Dylan Cousins. I don't know. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say point leader for the Sabres this year, Casey Middlestat. Okay. I'm going to go with him. He was on a torrent pace uh, last year. And I think Mr. Middlestat is going to become an analytics darling, too. I'm going to go with him as the expected goals for a leader. Does he develop into a future Selkie uh, candidate? Yeah, we'll see. Ralph Kruger's ghost is still haunting him, so we'll see. Back in his days on the taxi squad. I think goal leader will be Jeff Skinner for forward. Um, okay, now we're shifting to defense. I think Rasmus Dahlin is the very glaring point and goal leader for them. Expected goals for... Ah, let's go with... Ah. That pretty much just means they do a lot of stuff, but... But don't score. But don't score, <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm going to go with uh, Henry Okiharyu. I'll mm, go with them. Um... Why don't I be bold here? I will go. I mean, Pesic is an analytics darling. Maybe that's right. Um, can I go? See, I have multiple that I think could do that because of the way they play. Uh, Anders Bjork mm. and Rasmus Asplund. Okay. I, I, I think those right. two guys have potential. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right, and last question from... Fellow TCB contributor. Let's go. Bill at mm-hmm. Bill TCB. Give him a follow. Co-host of the Sabermetrics podcast. 
Uh, he asked, what does the organization need to do to put butts in seats this season? And then uh, follower Pete Fitz at Real Gooch one uh, easy answer, fix the seats. I like it. Yeah, they do yeah, need to yeah. fix the seats. Fix the seats. Uh, and I think well, I was gonna. I alluded to this earlier that I was gonna bring this up again. Uh, promote the young players. Yeah. Get rid of the stigma of it's the same old guys here, right? Don't put Zemgis mm-hmm. Gergensons on promo pictures anymore. Don't put them on the programs. Don't promote Kyle Pozo. Nothing is more depressing than going to a Sabres game, a night out in the town, and getting a freaking game day booklet. With Kyle Opozo on it, I want one of the hot new young stars on there. I don't want to see that. Build, like build the team, market these guys, um, make them make them the attraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what they could have done, I don't, I don't. Again, I don't know how many Friday games there are. I don't have a schedule in front of me, but they could have done the White Hot Fridays every Friday. Mm-hmm. That could be a Friday night attraction. People like seeing the white jerseys at home. It's always a talking point. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to see. Obviously, the gorgeous white jerseys for the Sabres, but for years since the lockout, Mm -hmm. we haven't seen the away team with their dark jerseys. Mm -hmm. Like, going to see the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, the final game of the year when they're facing the Blackhawks, you're going to see those beautiful, red, colorful jerseys Mm -hmm. and the Sabres bottle cap Mm -hmm. heritage classic jersey that we're speculating on. Um. What else can they really do? I mean, be good. I'll get butts in the seats. Mm-hmm. Is it going to happen? Probably not. Um, Play the Don Granado hockey that we saw last year. Yeah. If you're going to be bad, be fun, at, at the very least. And it, it seems like, judging from what he's preaching in these press conferences, we're not calling him Zoom calls anymore. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's going to happen. And apparently Paul Hamilton tweeted today that he stopped practice today because the on-ice product was unacceptable. He said that hasn't been done good in years. So See, the uh, culture's changing. Yeah, and listen, right before people our very might eyes. say culture smolcher. No, it matters. Look at the Bills. You have an example of culture right in your backyard with the Bills. It works. Oh, culture is a real thing. I don't want to hear it. It's a real thing anywhere. I think they're actually turning the culture. I mean, well, mm-hmm. we say it every year, but I think that things are finally changing for the better. Uh, I'm very optimistic that things will turn around. I do think yeah. it will take a couple years for these guys to develop. They're going to have an extremely high pick mm-hmm. in this draft, probably in the top five. Mm-hmm. I hope it's Shane Wright. I'm not going to openly root for them to tank i want to see them win i want to see the guys who we pointed out as being part of the solution mm-hmm. i want to see them do well but i think i'm not as high on dylan cousins as everyone else mm-hmm. i don't think that he that he is the number one center caliber on what you would hope is to be a playoff team exactly I think they need they need a guy like Shane Wright because Jack Eichel is not going to be here anymore. He can be a, a Sean Monahan, right? Yeah. During the right, like a you know second line kind of center. Think if Dylan Cousins is your number two or number three center, you've got a very good team. Mm-hmm. Uh but to conclude my point about what will get fans in the seats, if you're going to allow a lot of goals, score a lot of goals. Yeah, score right? goals. If 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 you're going to play bad defense. 
play a lot of don't offense. Don't be the <laughs> don't be the lowest scoring team in the no, league. Let not. Rasmus Dahlin be free. Let him fly all over the ice and you score higher score. real goals. You have to score more than two hundred goals. More than two hundred twenty goals. Pull up their yeah. Wikipedia here and let's see when the last time they scored more than two hundred goals in a season. I'd uh, love to see it. Well, one of my favorite exercises is going through and seeing like, you know, what has been their ceiling. So last year, shortened season, 138. Stupid ad. Uh, Before that, 195. 226 before that. 199 before that. 201 before that. 201 before that. They're very consistent. 161. This is going backwards now. 157. (laughs) 125 in the lockout year. 218. 245 and 235 going back to 2010. So the last two years they made the playoffs, they were top 11 in goals. And then once they start dropping out, you're 16th, you're 19th, you're 30th, you're 30th, you're 26th, you're 25th, you're 31st, 24th, 21st, and 28th. Jeez, they were 28th in goals last year? Last year, I know, it's surprising. (laughs) Um, Wow. But... You like you got to start scoring goals. Can they be in the top half of goals? I think that's um, that's a hope. It's. I don't it's, think. It's, I I really don't think they have the, the talent on the team to put the puck in the back of the net. I I just don't see it's it. It's not a bet I'd take. Um. Uh. I don't know. Like the goaltending is a giant fat question mark. I think their defense is probably the best defense they've assembled since. They made the playoffs last. I mean, we say that every time they acquire guys like Colin Miller, Brandon Montour, Yoki Haru all come on the team, and we're like, oh, this defense looks pretty good, and then they hit the ice, and it's not good. So on paper, I think their defense looks really nice. The odds of winning, our Stanley Cup odds are plus 20,000. I might put I might put some money down on Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that mean you bet a hundred to win twenty thousand? Is that what it means? I believe so. I'm not a, I'm not a betting. I'll have to consult wizard. my betting. We'll, we'll have to get DJ Mitchell on the show to yep. talk about Mr. DraftKings himself. I'm gonna call him DK Mitchell. DraftKings Mitchell. <laughs> we'll have him on. We're gonna have guests on for the season of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Curtis at Curtis NHL Draft will not be our only mm-hmm. guest on for the year. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know, man. This is going to be a fun season. We're going to have a fun time, though. We're going to talk about prospects. We're going to have guests on. We're gonna, we've already got one in the works. I don't know if you want to bring it up or not. but eh, We'll wait on we'll it. Wait. I want to we'll troubleshoot it before yeah. we start really talking about it. Um, okay. okay, this has to be an error. The Islanders are plus 2,000 odds, but their over-under for points is 63 and a half. That can't be right. That's insanity. That is an era. We'll smash the over that, on that's, that. That's the least. Yeah, that's that's not correct. Come yeah. on. All right. Um, do you got anything else that you want to touch on before we sign uh, off here? Can I say what I'm making for dinner? Oh, yeah. Dinner plans? Yeah, okay, I, so we went way over. You're not going to be able to get it in the oven in time. No, I will. Uh, today, I... Went to Tops. I got a pound of roast beef. I got Costanzo sub rolls, and I got some provolone cheese and some French fries. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make two roast beef sandwiches or however many I can make with a pound of roast beef. Put some provolone in there and put them in the oven 
opened, you know, let it melt and have a couple of uh, roast beef submarine sandwiches with french fries for dinner, so I can't wait. I might make homemade chicken wings again. Yeah, go for it. People, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. air fryer homemade chicken wings. Mm-hmm. Delicious. I tried it for the first time. I'm going to let you in on my secret. Mm. I'll let you know. I'll, Whoa. You, I went to Wegmans, got got a couple things of chicken wings. They were already cut. You didn't have to cut them. Mm-hmm. I tossed them in flour. You know, give them a nice coating. This is how you're going to get the crisp. Mm-hmm. I made my own sauce. I don't remember the recipe, but it was Frank's hot sauce mm-hmm. base. I put some butter in, mm-hmm. cayenne pepper, salt, mm-hmm. garlic powder. Who is this guy? Worcester Shire sauce. Worcester Shire sauce, yep, yep. Just a little bit. Oh, my God. Made a big batch, put it in a bottle. I battered it, and uh, something happened with our board, but I think we're still (laughs) good. But yeah, I battered it up, gave it a nice coating, popped probably like seven or eight of them in the air fryer, Mm. put it on low heat. I think I put it at like 320, Mm. maybe like 320 for about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, shake it up. Don't forget to shake it. Mm -hmm. And then when the buzzer goes off, crank it up to 400 for about eight minutes check on it you're gonna look sketched out at some points it's gonna look like it's not cooking it will be cooking cooks perfectly shake it up it's gonna be really crispy because you gave it a nice coating in the flour and then the buzzer goes off you got restaurant quality chicken wings extremely crispy and then you got your sauce dump them in the sauce toss them Mm -hmm. best homemade chicken wings i've ever Mm -hmm. had in my life Mm-hmm. In the air fryer. Yeah. In the air fryer. Try it. Let me know how it We how it used tastes. to, back in like 2008, so I was real young, we had an actual like deep fryer mm-hmm. that we made like chicken fingers in and stuff. My dad would get them and we'd, you know, bread them and whatnot and actually like deep fry them, make subs, whatever out of them. But I don't know what happened to it. I think we, we stopped using it. It was, it was, it was a lot to keep up on. A lot of maintenance. Air fryer is the best kitchen appliance you can have if you can call it an appliance i told you this off the air but i need to get an air fryer and a toaster oven it's a good investment Mm -hmm. i would highly recommend it i speaking of investments one more thing i bought a 50 dollar pillow casper pillow one of the best decisions one of the best purchases (laughs) i've uh, ever made it's like a cloud there you go Mm -hmm. all right uh we will be back next week Mm -hmm. we promise this time Mm-hmm. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. We'll make um, time. We'll find. We time. will find time. We're gonna recap the preseason games. Um, hopefully, we can get some highlights of it to talk about it. But yeah, we're really excited about this season of the podcast. We would like to welcome the Straight Up Sabers podcast, uh, hosted by Brandon and Taylor, to the Charging Buffalo Podcast Network. Glad to have them aboard joining us, the Charging Buffalo podcast, Walt and Bill, the Sabermetrics podcast, and then, of course, Austin and Curtis on the uh, Future of the 716 podcast. All great podcasts. Definitely check them all out. Don't forget about us, though. Um, Subscribe to our podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a follow. Leave us a review if you are so kind. We appreciate it. Again, we really appreciate you all for listening week in and week out. There are lots of Sabres podcasts, and we really appreciate that you take the time to listen to us week in and week out. And especially for those of you who have been listening for 
since season one of the podcast that they don't exist anymore because the Buffalo Sports Network disposed of all of our episodes. This is why we have our own RSS feed now. But yeah, thank you again. Uh, we appreciate you for listening. Follow Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram again at the Charging Buff. Uh, our prospect coverage at Future of the Seven One Six on Twitter and Instagram as well. They've been doing a great job running those accounts, and you're going to want to be keeping up with the prospects. And we've been doing a wonderful job of keeping everyone in the loop. So yeah, follow those. I'm on Twitter, Joe TCB NHL. Let me know how your wings taste if you want to try them, that recipe out. And Luke, what is your Twitter handle? It is L-V-K-E-T-C-B. All right. Luke with a V-T-C-B. Wonderful. We'll be back at some point early next week to talk about what's going on. Maybe they traded Jack Eichel at that point. Probably not. And we will see you in the next one. Thank you. <laughs>